Hello everyone and welcome to DCOM Central, where two childhood best friends review, reflect, and poke fun at the Disney Channel original movies that they grew up with. And maybe more recent ones, but who knows how far we'll go. Thank you all for joining us once again. Oh my god. Whoa. Getting jazzy. I wanted to... Us and our listeners, you know, get into the get into the jazz feel for this episode. I got my snaps going and everything. Yes, apparently. Uh, now, Michael, I know you don't like sports movies, but what about bowling movies? Man, let me tell Do you. You love the smell of rental shoes in the morning. Ah, uh, who doesn't? Who doesn't love the smell of rental shoes in the morning? Now, Kelly, I'm gonna be quite honest with you. I don't know how bowling works. You know, I don't know how the scoring goes. I don't know the mechanics of, you know, like multiply, no, multiplying your scores and all that stuff. All I know is you roll the ball down and you knock a couple pins over. Maybe you toss back a couple of brewskis or sodas in the process, but if you're right. bowling is a fun time. Yeah, I mean, I just let the computer do the calculating for me. I All I know is three strikes is turkey. That's a lot of points. <laughs> or the computer does it all for us, luckily. Thank goodness. I mean, well, apparently it didn't do it for uh, these kids when this movie was shot. By the way, what's the name of this movie we're doing today? Oh, right. Well, everyone, we are watching Alley Cat Strike today from the year 2000 on March 18th. And according to my Google search, bowling alleys began to be computerized with their scoring in the 1970s. So I don't know why it isn't like this in this movie, I guess for budget reasons. No, I have absolutely no idea. Also, this was the first time I ever watched this movie, once again. Kelly, have you seen this one before? No, this is my first time as well. I didn't know it existed. There's just so many, Damn. there's so many DCOMs, it's, it, you, it's easy to miss. This was the year that they did one every month, so, like, four-year-old me's not gonna be, like, really able to catch all these. Oh, yeah, I bet. But, I mean, I'm real glad we, we got a chance to get through this one. You got any fun facts for us? Of course I do. This was the 15th DCOM. And it was filmed in Ontario, Canada. A uh, really important fun fact to me that there are no cats in this movie. <laughs> Quite a fun fact. It is called Alley Cat Strike and there are no cats. They say the word cat. There's a song called Alley Cat Strike, I think. And there's no visible cat. Important to note. We got a lot of Disney Channel alumni or soon to be alumni at this point. The main character, Alex, is played by Kyle Schmid. I'm not really sure if I'm pronouncing these things right. How does one say Alex? I don't know. <laughs> Who has also played a guy named Derek in the Cheetah Girls. And then there's Lauren from the movie, is played by Laura Vandervoort. And she was uh, the sister Chelsea in Mom's Got a Day with a Vampire, another DCOM. Ooh, one of your favorites, yes. I know. And the mayor, played by Tim Reed, is the father and sister's sister. And the lady who plays his wife in the movie is his real-life wife. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Family business. Also, non-Disney related, Kaylee Kiyoko is in this movie. And she's from The Big Bang Theory and other uh, famous stuff. So she really went some places. We're gonna know when I realized it was her. Because I didn't at first. It's not recognizable, but I also... I don't watch The Big Bang Theory. I just saw... I recognize the name and not the face. She was like 14 in this movie, so... Yeah, it's nuts. Also... It's my turn for the summary, and I got a doozy for you. Hit me with that summary. Don't you just love it when neighboring towns can't get along? Well, do I got the movie for you. 
It's a battle between Eagleton and Pawnee, and Leslie Nope is... Oh, 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 wait, wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. Wrong podcast. I almost spilled out my drink. <laughs> You're LaCroix? <laughs> yeah. It's a battle between East and West Appleton to win the mighty Apple Trophy and all the town glory just through some sports games between the junior high schools. Junior high schools. Junior high schools. Hey, they're 13. They're basically adults. 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there isn't a high school or competing college in the Appleton region, apparently. The war ends in a tie, and the tiebreaker is a jazzy bowling game because that is the next logical choice of actions. Of course. The next, next logical choice of actions is to make the star basketball player join the bowling team to make sure they win, even though the team was already a bunch of child prodigies. Will the basketball player turn jazzy bowler, have what it takes to help the team win, or will he split at the end? It's time for Michael to tell us. Remarkable summary, Kelly. I loved your pun at the end, and uh, I liked the comparison to Pawnee and... Uh, That's what I felt. It, it, it did at times feel like that, and there were some wacky characters to boot, too, so it's not too far off. Well, without further ado, let's jump on into Alley Cat Strike. No, 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 no. Let's roll on in. Let's roll on it. Oh, jeez. Yeah. All right, the ball's rolling. We ushered in with a jazzy intro coupled with narration by our main character, Alex. Yet another decom uses freeze frames mid-scene to make me wonder if my brand new monitor's on the fritz. Uh, we had the same issue in You Lucky Dog, if I, if you remember, Kelly. Oh, and, I do. Uh, I, I was also worried that it was my monitor in that one. I was worried it's my internet. Unfortunately, the, the freeze frames don't end in the intro in this movie, and that does deduct a couple of points on my scale. Mm-hmm. So this movie is set in the self-described metropolis of West Appleton, the neighboring... Uh, metropolis to east appleton i suppose if we're calling them metropoli the pawnee if you will yes the pawnee on our way to the uh the next scene we are introduced to the other main characters of this movie we meet ken the music guru elisa queen of the poodle skirt delia the smart but weak one as our heroes skip through town on their way to the bowling alley i'm already questioning why i chose to review this movie other than the fact that I love the smell of rental shoes in the morning. Apparently, our gang went bowling before school. Uh, I never understood how kids in these movies seem to have an entire day's worth of events precede them starting classes that day. But apparently, breakfast and a game of bowling is the morning routine here. I mean, Kelly, I, I've always been curious. What's your morning routine like before school? Because I've only ever seen... I don't think I've ever seen you before school. I've seen you... During school and after school. Never before school. So I would um, wake up, probably pet one of my dogs, and then I would play the music video Paranoid by the Jonas Brothers, and I would just sit there and eat my cereal and watch uh, maybe like at one time. Very nice. Very simple. I, I would not wake up very early. I'm very fast and efficient in the morning. So you're telling me no time for breakfast at the diner and a game of bowling? Absolutely not. There was no time to go out to eat for breakfast before school. I know that happens a lot in movies. I would not wake up early for that. No, thank you. <sighs> nope. And the realism in this movie begins to fade already. <laughs> I digress, though. At school later on, after their game of bowling, uh, we're introduced to Todd McElmore, the king of the serious athletics, a world our hero Alex will never understand. He's a bowler, after all. McElmore is in pursuit of the Mighty Apple, a trophy that is rewarded to whichever basketball team wins the next game. Uh, and it turns out, Kelly, that everything is riding on this game, because next year, 
the two rival junior high schools are going to be merging into one. So whoever wins this year is the final winner of the Mighty Apple. Could the stakes be any higher? Very high stakes, very. Alex says that this competition is only interesting to him because the apple kind of looks like a bowling ball. And I guess that means that Alex sees bowling balls everywhere he looks. The golden boy Macklemore gives an incredibly short speech at the pep rally as narrator Alex wonders how the two of their worlds would ever collide, which of course means that's exactly what's going to happen in this movie. Of course. I mean, the foreshadowing in these these films is uh, very direct. Uh, Essentially, they hint exactly what's going to happen for the rest of the movie in the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, I was really wondering why this bowling movie started with a basketball game. But of course, another battle of East versus West ends in a tiebreaker of a bowling game. I mean, we'll we'll get to that in a minute, but I just think it's the logistics of this are uh, absurd to me, to say the least. I, I also I also have a logistics issue. So this this must be a small town that's pretty lame. I mean, not only does everyone care way too much about junior high basketball, but the bowling alley is always empty. I have never seen an empty bowling alley, and I have gone often before COVID. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, have you ever seen a bowling alley empty? Because that's weird to me. No, definitely not. And, I mean, uh, coming from in Orlando, the bowling alleys are always packed. Am I right? Like, they are still the place to be. Anyway, the pep rally ends uh, pretty anticlimactically. It was a very poorly attended pep rally. Even ours in high school, Kelly, were were much more packed than this one was and much more energetic, too. Yeah. But I guess ours didn't rely solely on the quote-unquote star athlete of the entire school. I don't know if we even had a star athlete, honestly. We did not. (laughs) Or at least not one that I knew about. Later in the school day, our group of pinheads clashes with the basketball squad, There is clearly some animosity between these two cliques. Apparently, basketball runs this school as it does every other DCOM junior high to high school. I have to imagine there is a reason why all of these movies play so heavily into basketball, Kelly, whether it be rights issues or... But it's strange to me. We've had Luck of the Irish, Smart House, High School Musical, and now Alley Cats all rely so heavily on basketball games. Well, basketball is a very popular sport, and football is, like, overdone, so... I think that there's just a lot of basketball ones. There's a lot of football ones, too, I'm sure. Like, Can of Worms had football. It just wasn't so heavily relied on. Uh, there's probably more football ones that we haven't seen yet. Maybe. I mean, the the good ones that we've talked about so far have all that, that have basketball in them. Like, those are all I know because, as I have said before on this pod, I am not a fan of sports movies. Mm-hmm. But also, this East versus West thing reminds me of uh, the rivalry our high school had. Remember Pig Bowl, which was like a big bi-yearly football game between us and Douglas. Yeah, that was so cool. Oh, so you do remember, because one thing you remember from high school, that's awesome. That's one thing, but that was just because someone had to kiss a pig at the end of the night. Yeah, the loser principal had to kiss a pig, and our school had lots of new t-shirts about it every year. I never bought the t-shirt. Oh, no, of course I did not. I didn't have school spirit. (laughs) We got to see it from the marching band point of view, and it wasn't that big of a rivalry in my opinion. Not, Not nothing compared to this. It was just like a funny thing we did. Yeah, I don't really buy into high school rivalries, and let alone junior high rivalries. Yeah. I'm still not sure what junior high entails. I don't know where it begins and where it ends. It's between 13 and 15, I think. Hmm. So, uh, it's, you know, a prep to high school, and from where we're from, South Florida, we don't have that. Yeah, definitely not. Well, when one of the jocks on the basketball squad challenges the pinheads to a basketball contest, 
The shortest one, Delia, explains how she can open a can of whoop-ass on the court by using some math that I still do not understand two degrees post-high school. <laughs> Delia's big words scare away these basketball goons, and we cut to the big game later that day where Macklemore is crushing it. This is also where we find out that his dad is the mayor of West Appleton, our hometown for this movie. Macklemore continues to lay it up for the Wildcats as Sweet Lou, the MC, commentates on. I'm still struck by the fact that in the world of DCOMs, while fixated on basketball, can't even come up with a different mascot name after this one for High School Musical because West Appleton's mascot are the Wildcats, Kelly. Yeah, that's the one of the only cat references we got here. But like, what's up with that? Why why did they have to reuse the high school uh, mascot for High School Musical later on? I get it was a focal point of the songs, but surely they had the name of the the high school before they wrote the song. I don't think they even remembered that they wrote Alley Cat Strike. Yeah, probably not. Also, Wildcats was our middle school mascot as well. Yeah, which was nuts. So I think it's just a common thing. Maybe. Uh, we continue listening into the goings-on of the basketball game at the bowling alley via radio. Clearly, the pinheads are not interested as Elisa asks Alex, Alex's dad to turn off the broadcast for some blessed quiet so that she can finally bowl. She then knocks down the last remaining pin, scoring a spare, and lo and behold, all manner of safety violations are broken when Alex sticks his head out from the end of the lane to reset the pins, and I visibly cringed imagining another ball... Uh, or imagine if another ball were to come careening down the lane towards his mug hanging upside down. Like, that that kind of stuff bothers me. What I was really fixated on is how dated this scene was where they were listening to the game on a radio. Yeah, that's that's crazy, too. But also the fact that a junior high school was big enough to have their game broadcasted on the radio. It's probably AM radio, not FM. Our high school, we were not that popular to have radio or like the local TV playing us. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, maybe there's a reason uh, back, back at the alley. Maybe there's a reason why Alex is back there, you know, resetting the pins. Apparently the reset button is on the fritz again. But there's inf insufficient funds to fix anything around the alley. While we ponder the age-old paradox of whether there are no crowds because the alley is falling apart or vice versa, Ken walks in and delivers the single coolest line in this movie. Hey, cool cats, what's happening? I can tell he's a cool kid. I like him. Definitely cool kid. Back at the big game, East Appleton is up by one point, with only three seconds left on the board when West Appleton calls a timeout. Todd demands that he be given the ball, despite the fact that he will for sure be targeted after the timeout. The game resumes. Macklemore has passed the ball. And he sinks a sweet three, tying West Appleton not only for the game, but also the Mighty Apple Cup. Now, Kelly, you, you played basketball, right? I, I remember going mm -hmm. to some of your basketball games at the at the gym. Why didn't they why didn't they do overtime to settle the tie? I yeah, I was really confused too, uh, but they won. And then they were like, oh wait, there's a tie in our battle they won the battle but they didn't win the war yet mm. i mean i wasn't even clear on the stakes of the game until like way later in the movie when the bets started happening between the mayors but i mean i don't know regardless of the 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 way that these games were working uh alex's dad at the bowling alley hears the news on the radio and rejoices to deaf ears as the pinheads could literally not care less 
I'm really glad that the kids think the dad is crazy that he's so excited that Wes Appleton won and they're the more sane people like we don't care. Yeah, maybe things will change when the when the focus is on them, huh? We'll see. Well, Alex's dad is happy because he sees the mighty apple as a symbol of unity and pride for the town. But the kids make him out to feel like a loser, really yucking on his yums, Kelly. I really just think Wes Appleton and East Appleton shouldn't hate each other so much. I don't think it's a big deal at all. It's just kind of childish at this point. Hmm. In the post-game celebration, Todd is told that Sweet Lou is going to interview him tomorrow, and we learn that not only is he the basketball star, but also baseball as well, and all of the other different sports. What can't this kid do? Probably bowl. Well, why do they think the star of the basketball team and a couple other sports will also have a talent in bowling? It's completely different from basketball and track or baseball or whatever he was doing. It's just a plot device. It's really annoying, but it's true. Well, I mean, we know his dad has him up on a pedestal thinking he can do literally anything and everything. So that that's definitely a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a local town hero, you know, so the, all eyes are on him. The next day at school, Todd is the talk of the halls, as I was alluding to. Everyone congratulates him, and he gets a uh, party invite even before first period. His celebrations are cut short, though, because he is about to receive some life-altering news. Uh, On his way to class, Todd runs into Mr. Morris, whose role in the school I am still unclear on, because I don't think they said it when they introduced him. I don't know. Um, So I didn't know why I cared about what this guy was saying. Um, Todd asks how the winner of the cup will be decided after the tie, and Morris gives him the news that the tiebreaker will be decided over a game of bowling. Excellent. You know, it's fitting right into the plot here, right, Kelly? I mean, of course it's got to be bowling. Oh, finally. <laughs> All, everything's coming together. Now we know what's happening. Mayor Malcolm Moore threatens to sue East Appleton over this as Mr. Morris explains why bowling was decided on. It is the only sport left for the tiebreaker that both schools have a team for. Makes sense. The only good news to the mayor is that they won the coin toss, so they will get the home alley advantage, which, who knows? may save our home bowling alley. Before taking his exit, Mayor Macklemore calls the bowling club a bunch of losers, and I don't like him. He's a loser. As a measure to prevent either school from talent scouting, only students who signed up for either bowling club at the beginning of the year are allowed to participate. When the list for West Appleton is reviewed, we discover that none other than golden boy Todd Macklemore is on the list. Apparently, one of his basketball goons signed him up without letting him know. Alex's dad tells him that this could be a big deal, not just for him, but for the struggling alley as well. Alex never wanted to go pro. He likes bowling because it isn't the next big thing. Still, his dad, mom, and grandpa believe in him. This is also where we learn that his grandpa is in the hospital, his mom is with him, and that's why they haven't made an appearance yet. But maybe they'll make it out for the big game. Well, as father and son exchange a few strikes on the lanes, Alex agrees that maybe it will be good for the alley after all. Also, I want to point out that the music score is often jazzy and old school to further like show how different these kids are. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I like I I really enjoyed the the music uh the the the, the jazzy scores in this. I can't say music overall. I have comments on that later on. But I really enjoyed the jazzy scores. Yes, I like the jazzy scores. I mean, uh, both of us, you know, we're in jazz band. We can appreciate. Absolutely. 
In his interview with Sweet Lou, that's a fun thing to say, Todd seems a bit too confident in his bowling abilities. He thinks that anyone can bowl. Just like Chef Gusteau and Ratatouille says anyone can cook, but I don't think things are exactly one-to-one in the bowling world. We're going to see about that. Also, again, dated that they're on a radio interview. Yeah. I mean, that's still something that happens. It's just not as popular, or at least where we're from. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, I I, I liked it. I, I like the... Again, you know I love the dated aspects of these old DCOMs. The mayor and Mr. Morris make their way to the alley and have been watching Alex score strike after strike. Apparently there's a rivalry between the mayor and Alex's dad as they exchange a few jabs and looks while awaiting Todd's first run at the lane. Turns out, he's not that great after all. (laughs) He has no form and no style, but hey, we should give him a chance anyway. As Alex and Elisa walk around the neighborhood after after practice, Elisa wonders if holy crap, that's Kaylee Cuoco. <laughs> that's when I that's when I just figured it out. Oh, okay. Anyway, good job, good job. She wonders if Alex's dad only keeps the alley open because the pinheads like hanging out there so much. I mean, Alex's dad seems like a stand-up guy to me. Whether he's too into sport, too into you know the the cup or not, I think he's a great dude so far. Mm-hmm. Very supportive, really supportive. I mean, he could have been a jerky uh, decom dad like we've seen before that was trying to force his son into basketball or baseball like he was in, uh, fighting for the Appleton uh, or the, the, the mighty Apple from a younger age. But, you know, he, he eventually found his way there, right? Oh, yeah. He's a quality dad. Uh, yeah. Up top tier decom dad. Uh, at Todd's house, his dad puts way too much pressure on him and says that the mighty Apple is their legacy. So they have to win. Mary Macklemore then calls Mayor Hamburger. Uh, Mayor Hamburger, Kelly. Hamburger. 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 To make a stupid bet to, quote unquote, make the game more interesting. As if it wasn't and now already. Some, yeah, right? And apparently now some apple cider and apple pies are on the line. Uh, the importance of apple cider and apple pie is not expanded on in any way, shape, or form except for on a... Uh, town entrance sign later on in in the movie yes uh so i don't see how this really raises the stakes on the other end of that phone call between mares we get our first glimpse at the opposing bowling team and they seem intense kelly again this is another scene that i implore our listeners to go check out in uh, the the extras in the shot because if you pay attention when one of the one of the bowlers scores a either a strike or a spare, I can't remember which one's which or which one they scored in this scene, but you just see one of those extras lose his mind in the background. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. I gotta look for that. I didn't see that. I I've, I've got an eye for the extras in these movies. I just really enjoy it. Um, it it's that's where you go. It's the home of overacting. This uh, this really energetic, really high stakes uh, scene is a stark contrast to our team. Uh, as the next time we see them in the alley, Todd throws his ball with such force that it hops over not only one, but two lanes before finally hitting a single pin. Maybe the golden boy isn't as confident in his natural ability anymore, being knocked down a few pegs or a few pins if we want to use some bowling vernacular. Alisa mm. tries to uh, offer some advice, but Todd is not receptive at all. I mean, I could use as, as much advice as I can get with bowling. I suck, Kelly. How, we haven't bowled in a while. How are you at it? I'm pretty good. 
Like, I'm decent. I'm decent for, like, a not pro. I don't think I've scored over 100 since I was in middle school. Oh, I I can score over 100. So is it what Elisa's saying true? Do you aim with your thumb? Is that how it works? I need tips. Oh, that, pff, I cannot give you tips. All I know is how to place my wrist and everything. Oh, dang. You know, Wii Bowling well, really helped me out as well. Oh, I loved Wii Bowling. That, that's my kind of bowling. Well, uh, Todd isn't really rubbing off very well on, on the team, so the girls make their exit. And after they do, Alex and Todd exchange a few words. This rivalry still seems intense, and they're still on the team, on the same team, mind you, so they've got to come together at some point. That'd be nice. Out on the town, Todd runs into the pinheads and immediately questions the music they're listening to, asking if they've ever heard of Backstreet Boys, for example. The team is having a virtual practice to master the technique, um, because, you know, their, their technique is just as important as their mentality. Todd thinks that the rest of the team needs to get their attitude in check, though, get more of a winner's mentality. Um, but again, they're, they're more focused on honing in their skills that they already have. Before school, Todd and Alex talk again. They eventually reach a deal that if Alex teaches Todd how to bowl, Todd may help to bring a bunch of customers to the bowling alley. Lauren, Todd's love interest, uh, invites Alex to her party tonight, a bit begrudgingly, um, so bowling lessons will have to wait. At said party, Todd and Alex arrive together. As day turns to night, it sure doesn't seem like Alex has found his place yet, seeming a bit like a fish out of water. Todd takes notice of this and goes to speak with him. Despite being asked to da dance, though, Alex decides it's time to go home. Not quite as seen, but friends of Todd are always welcome. I'm sorry, but this party and the background actors were so cringe to me. But at the same time, it was nice to see a chill high school party, or I guess a junior high school party, as compared to some other movies I recently watched, where a high school party was at a mansion with tons of alcohol. So, quite the difference. Yeah, I mean, this seems much more realistic, uh, honestly. Yes, awkward, you know, young teens. Like, this this seemed like this would have happened in, like, what, uh, we, we didn't have parties like this in middle school, but in high school, certainly. On his way home, Alex stops at Elise's place for a chat. He tells her that he went to Lauren's party, and she playfully worries out loud that she will lose Alex to that crowd. But he says not to worry. Are you worried, Kelly? Do you think he might? Oh, that's definitely where this movie is going. <laughs> Again, they, they don't hide anything here, do they? No, they, they don't. They wear their plot on, the, on their sleeves. The next day at practice, Alex tries and fails to teach Todd. His dad reminds him that they're fighting for the same thing and maybe he should be a bit easier on him. Really try to teach better. Again, every time they go to practice, there is no other person bowling. Nope. Again, it's a failing business, Kelly. That's why this competition's so important. <laughs> Mayor Malcolmore then enters and drops the news that the bet between the two cities has intensified. If East Appleton loses, they will proclaim it West Appleton Day and hold a parade in their honor. So stupid. Alex's dad asks, isn't it enough to win? Worrying about placing too much pressure on the team. But the mayor once again says that with Todd on the team, it's a golden opportunity. Which is so stupid. I mean, all he does is pile the pressure on the Todd. Yeah. Todd decides he's going to peek in on East Appleton's bowling team to see if they can beat them. While the team thinks that this is rather dubious, because what are they going to learn from seeing them before the game, Alex decides to go with him anyway. 
The pair ride their bikes over to the next town, home of the world's best apple pie, at least according to the sign at the entrance. They arrive at the neighboring bowling alley and see it is quite an impressive facility. The opposing team, as it turns out, is quite a star-studded affair, packed with superstars from all different other sports at the school. And to make it even worse, the coach just so happens to be the edge that we spoke about earlier that the team was getting. But also, like... Why can't they just have people who are pro bowlers? Why is it like, oh no, it's the star of the tennis team and the star of this team. Why can't they just be the star of the bowling team? Would you prefer that they made a sequel following the other team's perspective? No, I really don't want a sequel. No, or a prequel. (laughs) Well, like I was saying, to make it even worse, their coach is a world champion bowler, Ripsaw McGraw, or Whipsaw McGraw, and he's the cousin of Mayor Hamburger. Awfully convenient, if you ask me, Kelly. Fake name. <laughs> Whipsaw McGraw, fake name. Mm-hmm. Definitely sounds like a stage name, but I mean, our, our, our heroes get their stage names later on, too. Yeah, he doesn't exist, by the way. I looked him up. Oh, uh, that would have been cool if he was. The people that uh, Alex names that are famous are the real bowlers, but this guy's fake. Ah, uh, gotcha. Couldn't afford the name drop. Anyway... Todd leaves, but before Alex can follow, he gets caught spying by two of the East Appleton team members. When tensions seem to be reaching a breaking point, Todd comes back in and saves the day, acting as if he was going to beat Alex up for spying himself, but a rather genius move it was to get him out of that situation. I guess, you know, things are going a little bit better between the two of them. They're finally starting to come together, maybe? While Todd still thinks East Appleton is too good to beat, Alex tells him to meet him at the bowling alley in the morning, where he will show him how to win with style. (laughs) The next morning, our team is together. Todd knows form, but not style quite yet, and that's what today's lesson is all about. We are then treated with what is surprisingly my favorite montage in a decom yet, where our team dances and bowls through an amazing jazz soundtrack. Even Todd seems in. Yeah, they they got a song about them. They just made bowling fun. Yeah, the Alley Cats. I mean, I thought bowling was fun before, but... Well, I mean, it in the movie's context, I suppose. This gives Todd a plan to turn the alley into a, the place to be, with music, lights, and most importantly of all, bowling. One night a week. How could it hurt? Best of all, the name provided by Delia, the bowling ball. <laughs> Finally, the team feels like it's coming together, coincidentally, exactly at the movie's halfway point. The problem is, the alley doesn't have the money for supplies. Todd and Alex go out to allocate said supplies, sans money. This trip, again, shows the pair coming together as a partnership. Todd's plan now is to guilt and charm the local shopkeeps into gussying up the alley pro bono. (laughs) Despite the improvements that they make, Alex is worried that the place will change too much and it won't be real bowling anymore. Dad says that he just got his real estate license and started drafting up a listing for the place. This is not fun for him either. He still holds out hope that things may change with the big competition coming up. Sure hope so. Yeah, I mean, you gotta hope so. This seems like a great place you want to see local businesses thrive. Of course we do. It's also in this conversation that we learn that Alex's dad and the mayor used to be best friends, actually. And seeing Alex and Todd together reminds him of the good old days. The party planning for the bowling alley is really kicking off. Alex and Todd pass out flyers to everyone in school. We also see how popular Alex is getting just from being friends with Todd. Popular by association. Yeah. I think I made more friends through you 
than I did in college, period. I was in a lot of clubs. That's how it works. Yeah, that's true. Uh, not only are Alex's social skills improving, but so are Todd's bowling skills. With everything except for the 7-10 split, that is. But I can't blame him for this because I've literally never seen it actually get done in person. And... Oh, I personally cannot do it. I mean, Lord knows that just knocking eight pins down for me would be a fantastic round of bowling. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't knock him too much for not being able to get the 7 tenth split. Mm-hmm. The reset button is on the fritz again, so Alex goes to fix it, and the rest of the gang enters the alley. This leads to Todd being left alone without Alex's help to mediate between him and the group. Todd brings out his classic lines about the rest of the team not having the right attitude, to him, it's all about the winner's mentality. But they school him for assuming how they feel about the bowling competition. He doesn't know their motivations. He doesn't know why they're in this. And he doesn't know for certain that they don't care about winning. In fact, they do care about winning, Kelly. Yeah, they're just... They don't need to be as vocal about it as he is. He's he's too much about it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's the classic jock thing, right? Yeah. All, all talk. Mm-hmm. The mighty apple glow is making the alley cats the talk of the school. They're no longer invisible. On another interview with Sweet Lou, a contentious line is drawn with the bowling team because Todd is assumed to be the captain. Rude. Leaving Alex relegated to co-captain by vote. I wonder how this is going to affect the team dynamic. I mean, again, everyone just assumes Todd is going to take charge of everything. No one's going to listen to him because he doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, we had people like that in high school too, Kelly. We've seen it before. Just by name alone, people would get things, get through to places. So this isn't too far-fetched for a DCOM, I would say. Oh no, it's realistic. It's just annoying. Still a, a, a blow to the team for sure. After the interview, Alex was supposed to meet the rest of the team for at the diner afterward, but instead goes partying with the rest of the popular kids. Again, another devastating blow to team morale, and we thought about this earlier, didn't we, Kelly? We knew... This was going to happen. He was going to choose the populars over his alley cats, huh? They're not worth it. It was so sad. Regardless, it's time to turn the alley into a bowling ball hall. Or in other words, any modern bowling alley. That's what they turned the alley into. Uh, the montage wasn't quite as in- impressive. And honestly, the these this is the part I was telling you about earlier. The music transitions here were genuinely terrible. Like it pop, it it hard cut straight from jazz to like alt rock pop stuff and i hated it it was it was jarring Ooh. i've said it before I've, I've used that word before jarring all right i have a problem with this ball in a different way i didn't notice that transition because i was too busy trying to think of the logistics in my head so the dad comes in and says it's time to put the kids to work you now after their practice then the movie cuts to a ton of different shots of how fancy the bowling alley now looks alex and his dad look really proud at their work and then the rest of the team comes in so shocked at how it looks so, did they not see how it was looking when they fixed it up? Because supposedly the dad put all of them to work. Or did they go home and change and leave the decorating to just Alex and his dad? It It's just weird. Like, maybe they didn't actually help at all. Who, who knows? Because I, I sure don't know. You know who did help set up the bowling ball? Some poor PA somewhere on the decom set. Oh, well, definitely. It's just the... <laughs> It suggests that they're all helping, and then they come in shocked. No, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I feel like we we also see this later on after the ball. I mean, all of the cleaning was essentially left up to 
Alex's dad and Alex and eventually mm-hmm. just Alex's dad. So I assume that's how the planning went to or the, the setup at least. I guess. Anyway, the bowling ball is on and the music is banging. Bowling is the sickness and I see no cure in sight, Kelly. <laughs> Perhaps this plan will revive the bowling alley after all. The team wonders where Alex is as he's been missing from the party of his own creation. Todd seems to be the center of attention, as always, in the party. But this time, on the Alley Cats turf, which, again, everything is just going down and down for the rest of the team. This is not their norm. And now this whole scene is intruding on their territory. You can't help but feel bad for them, Kelly. Yeah, I sure do. Once again, the rest of the team is put on Alex and Todd's back burner as Alex finally arrives in the party and at the party and the crowd cheers him on. The party turns into an alt-rock-fueled bowling exhibition between Alex and Todd. Popularity really has changed Alex, and this is where we see it in full force. He's barely recognizable to his friends, complete with a set of uh, sunglasses indoors. Yeah, who, who, are, who bowls while wearing sunglasses? How does that help? It does not. Is Clearly it because it the pins are glowing that it doesn't affect him that much? Uh, it's totally stupid to me. I don't know. I don't know. Definitely not good form. And we know it's all about form and style. Mm-hmm. At the end of the party, while Alex is taking out the trash, he overhears some of the populars saying how they actually don't like him. Once a geek, always a geek, they claim, and it knocks him down a few pegs. Maybe he isn't on the up and up like he thought. The sad music swells, telling us that this sad moment is indeed sad. As always, sad. Yeah, I always like when the, the, the music swells, you know, it's like, ah, they're, they're trying to tell me how to feel. They know what we need to feel. I laugh at the pain because he's turned into a jerk. With his ego torn to shreds, Alex seeks his father's advice about the whole Mighty Apple thing. While the Mighty Apple makes everything so different, Alex's dad reminds him that some things may be different but it doesn't have to make him different. Solid advice. Also, another similar line he said earlier is, different isn't exactly bad, it's just different. A great way to think about things, honestly. Yeah, very nice. At practice the next day, Alex is thrown off his game, and Todd has never been better. The mayor and principal come in, oh, and by the way, Mr. Morris, it turns out, was the principal, and this is where I learned it. <laughs> The mayor and principal come in and present the Alley Cats with their new bowling uniforms, which are inky to the 10th power squared, Kelly. Oh, wait, wrong movie. Uh, it's tw- 20th power. Yeah, I-, I agree. The new uniforms are nothing special. No, it's just a t-shirt. Yeah, it's it's annoying how they're like, oh, look at this. Uh, no, even the kids thought it was ugly, so. Yeah, definitely. The last straw is pulled when Alex learns that the school names ride on them winning the game. He has had enough, and he quits the team. I didn't think this is the way the team would fall apart, though. I, I expected the rest of the team to quit, and he he and Todd would be left alone until, you know, the, the beginning of the game. But no, he's the one who left. Yeah, very, very interesting turn of events. <laughs> yeah. This is the closest we come to a plot twist so far in these decoms, Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Preparation for the game has begun, and Alex is still nowhere in sight. Ken and Elisa head to the diner, as usual, but Todd makes an unlikely appearance and asks to join them. He just wants to try to get the team to understand how much pressure he's under. But they remind him that if they lose, everyone will blame them, not Todd. Regardless, Elisa and Ken tell Todd to go and talk to Alex, which is exactly what he goes to do. Good. 
Later on at Alex's house, Todd shows up to have that chat that we were just talking about. He apologizes for the way things have turned out, and we find out that Todd really does like Alex and bowling. Todd says he likes bowling, it's fun, and he wants Alex there because without him, it won't be fun. <laughs> to sweeten the deal, Todd presents Alex with the new bowling uniform he got for the team. Todd leaves, and Alex sits on the porch, just in time for his dad to step back out and take a seat next to him. I mean, before we get into the conversation here with the dad, this was solid character development for Todd. Like, really, he grew, and he admits that he actually enjoys spending time with the team. Which We've seen that building up so far, haven't we? Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, I really liked this scene. Definitely grounded him. I did think Alex was a bit too up and up, though. I feel like he should have been a bit more melancholy at this point but yeah uh, mm -hmm. regardless uh in this conversation with uh, Ta uh alex and his dad on the porch we learn that apparently mom and grandpa are coming home to see alex tomorrow because they miss him mm. uh this is where we get the backstory of why alex's dad and mayor macklemore exactly don't like each other some missed play at an important basketball game way or not basketball an important baseball game finally mention of another sport way back in the day Clearly, he doesn't want his son to repeat the same mistakes that he did with the mayor. It's finally the big day and the fanfare has begun. The alley is packed, denser than an anti-masker party, Kelly. Mom and Grandpa are here. The mayors are here. Everyone's here. Everyone, that is, except for Alex. The mayors introduced the competition, the last event in the history of the Mighty Apple. The Mighty Apple has been revealed and it's time for the game to begin. The Bowling Wolf Pack from East Appleton are first to be introduced. As the cheers and boos commence, who is to show up but Alex in the last moment making his triumphant return to the Alley Cats team. Game on, ballers. Opinion time. So it's the Wolf Pack versus the Wildcats. Red versus Green. A clear game of Slytherin versus Gryffindor. It's like they wanted them to always be rivals. Oh, yeah. You know, East versus West. Absolutely. I mean, this is a match made in heaven, Kelly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the team with the highest total at the end of four games wins, and the teams are only allowed one substitution. For the Alley Cats, that sub would be Dahlia, or Delia, who clearly didn't want to bowl earlier. Yeah, she fainted because she has to bowl. Yeah. And... Oh, how glad I was that it was just a joke from her and not an actual thing that she did realistically. Like, not something she actually did. Yeah. I mean, we knew from the start she was an alley cat by association. She was never really the bowler. We, we, that was the, the way we were introduced to her. She's, she's not strong on the, in the lanes. She's strong in the head. The game is tied early on as strike after strike is scored on both sides. The crowd never stops cheering during what I assume is about 30 minutes worth of bowling, which I think is insane. <laughs> it's the 7th frame stretch and East Appleton is winning by 15. West Appleton is slowly making their way back up though. The teams talk strategy and Alex goes up for his finishing move. He has to score 3 strikes in a row and again I'm not too sure about how the multiplication of these scores work but apparently that's going to set him High enough ahead. Yeah. He goes up to the lane to start bowling. One strike down. He's feeling confident. Two strikes. Things are going well. On his third go, with a wink and a thumbs up from his dad, he scores his triumphant third strike, keeping the Alley Cats in the game. Woohoo! 
East Appleton is still up by nine, though, and Todd needs to get at least a spare to win. Whoops. Once again, all the pressure's on him. It all comes down to him. Always has to be him. Really? And wouldn't you know it, Kelly? What's he faced with? The dreaded 7-10 split once again. Poor guy has so much pressure everywhere. Honestly. Todd may not be able to make this shot, but you know who can? The math girl. Delia, the queen of angles, can certainly hit this. The substitution is in place and suddenly it's all up to her. I have an opinion. So I was waiting for someone to get a dramatic bowling injury so Dahlia could sub in for someone. And of course, it's actually because Todd got a split. I'm really glad after the whole thinking of him as being the best at everything, you know, the big star player, like he actually admitted he couldn't do it. Someone who actually bowled before got to do it instead. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I got to say the, the, the injury wasn't so much physical as it was mental, but I'm still happy with the way things turned out. Mm-hmm. In the interlude before the shot, Todd has a long overdue talk with his dad where he admits that he's not always the best and he wants that to be okay. Todd asks his dad to go cheer for the team, not just for him. Really, really big growth for Todd here. Definitely. All right, Delia's up and she's calculating her angles and with a test of the oh, and she tests the wind in the alley. Yep. Spinning the ball at just the right speed and giving it the slightest push, the ball makes its approach to the pins at a snail's pace. And Dolly is so confident. So, so slow. She's so confident she doesn't even look at it for a large part of the approach. The laws of physics cease and you can hear a pin drop in the alley. Slowly, slowly, ever more slowly, the ball creeps towards the pins. Finally... Contact is about to be made, and we get a freeze frame right at the last moment. Are you kidding me? I've had enough of this, Alex. Stop freezing the movie. I want to see what happens here. Yeah, it's so annoying how he has to freeze the movie to talk about something. He can't just talk about it while the ball is slowly going. I I know this is important. I don't need you to tell me how important it is. I know... It's important that Dahlia may be, uh, Delia may be the one to win the Mighty Apple. I also don't need you to freeze the frame so I can look at some really pixelated 90s shot. I mean, why could, there was silence as the ball was rolling. Why couldn't we get a voiceover during that? But no, they want to waste my time. Well, wouldn't you know it, Kelly? It's a spare. A spare. West Appleton wins. The whole town rejoices. Everyone, it seems, has found the fun and joy in bowling. Todd talks his dad down from renaming the rival school, but it's... Because it's not all about ego, but maybe it should be renamed to something more like, or for something more median, like Appleton Central. Which is what Alex and them suggested. Yeah, exactly. The whole town catches bowling fever, and they all bowl their heart, bowl to their heart's content as the sweet tones of the alley cat swing plays us out of this hidden gem of a decom. These kids love bowling so much, they play again after they won. I mean, what better way to celebrate a good game of bowling than more bowling? Well, Kelly, now that we got through the plot here, I want to know what you thought about it. Did you mention that we freeze frame cut to black? Oh, no, I did not. <laughs> Important note, though. Yes, ended with a freeze frame again after a couple other freeze frames sporadically throughout the movie. You hate to see it. As far as my opinion of the movie, I thought it was okay. I mean, I personally found it to be pretty boring, but there wasn't anything specifically wrong with this movie. It was meant to be a TV kids movie, and it delivered a TV kids movie. Also, it came out the year that Disney released a decom every month. 
So I would say this is one of those filler movies among some of the more popular ones. Unlike Xenon that we did last week when it tried too hard to be something bigger than it was. Whereas this was just a filler TV kids movie. Okay, okay. Fair. Honestly, I loved this movie. Like, I, I really enjoyed watching it. I didn't think I would in the beginning. And I said so when I when I started my little my little plot summary here. I said, ah, oh, why did I pick this one? I really liked this one. I mean, I'm I, glad you enjoyed I, it. I never really was, you know, there's a lot of these franchise movies that I'm not a huge fan of. Like, I, I was never a big fan of Xenon. I don't, I don't need the baggage or the fanfare for this movie to really enjoy it. Um, I thought it was, of the sports movies, one that I really could get behind. Um, it really was a, a character-driven story, not so much a sports-driven story, as much as one of these could get to be. Yeah, which is better. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, how could you go wrong with the the great Kaylee Cuoco uh, as one of your lead actresses, huh? I mean, I like I said, I just really enjoyed this one. I I, I said it in my last line here. I think it's a hidden gem of a decom. Hmm. Well, we always have different opinions. That's interesting. I'm glad you liked it. Though. That's what makes it interesting. I mean. <laughs> Well, I, I think that's also why I like doing this podcast so much. I watch a lot of these DCOMs that I never did see, and I, I find that there's a lot of good stuff in here. Yes, and then we'll be uh, DCOM certified fresh, seeing all the movies. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review so we can improve and follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at DCOM Central Pod. See y'all later, and make sure to settle it in the alley. <laughs>